Welcome to the Life in the Fasting Lane podcast with your host, Eve Mayer. Join Eve and her guests each week as they discuss how to live a healthier, longer, and more fulfilling life through fasting, keto, and low-carb feasting. Hello and welcome to the Life in the Fasting Lane podcast. We are so excited to be with you again to talk about intermittent fasting, low-carb, keto, you know, lifestyles that make you hot and healthy and fabulous. And a lady who represents all of these things we have her with us today, and that is Carol Ann McCann. Hi, Carol Ann. How's it going? It is going great. Thank you, Eve. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for being with us. I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about Carol Ann. This is what I've heard. And then she can correct us if I get any of this wrong. Carol Ann, I hear, is kind of a badass. She had stage three breast cancer. She is a survivor who was treated with chemo, radiation, and intermittent fasting. That's right. We're going to talk today about what Carol Ann did with intermittent fasting for specifically her cancer. She not only crushed cancer, but has lost 45 pounds, like almost by accident. Who loses weight by accident, right? And this low carb diet and fasting, it sounds like may have changed her life a little bit. So Carol Ann is a mother of seven, I'd like to hear about that because I'm barely <laughs> hanging on with one, a grandmother of three, and she just completed training to become a health coach for idmprogram.com, which is Megan Ramos and Jason Fung, and I think you all know we are huge fans of those guys. So that's how I discovered Carol Ann, and I asked if she would come on the show. So Carol Ann, welcome, and are you ready to talk to us about all of this? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Fabulous. So you're this impressive woman with all this stuff, but I think the thing that was most interesting is you are our first patient, our first cancer patient, our first survivor that we've had on the show. And I know there's a huge amount of interest around what fasting can do for health. And I was hoping you could tell us a bit, if you're open to it, about your cancer journey and your treatment plan. And is that how you discovered fasting? Okay. Well, all great questions. And I'll start off with being a cancer patient, I tried to push myself away from being a cancer patient in words. And so, and after the fact, I looked at it as a real responsibility for everybody who came after and who had the opportunity to make a change in their health. So going back like 2016, I was diagnosed with uh, stage three breast cancer, as you said. Now self, I found it all on my own. One morning I woke up getting dressed, putting on my clothes, and I thought, that feels weird. Something's not right there. But I'm like, well, it's, it was Christmas break and kids were sleeping. I thought, nah, I'm just going to forget about it and go on. The next day, the same thing happened. I'm getting up, I got dressed, and I feel this you know, thing on the side of my hand. I'm like, that is really weird, two days in a row. So I ran into the bathroom, investigated. You know, you're looking and checking it out. Yeah. And... I thought this is a lump. And so I ran back, woke up my husband and said, Jeff, you have to look at this. You gotta, you gotta help me sort this out. Sure. So the process was kind of crazy. I jumped in the car. I drove to the doctor's office. I didn't pick up the phone or anything. I, I don't think I was panicked. I just thought I knew that this was something to not just slough off. And so I went to the doctor and um, right away he sent me for some tests because I went in there. I took my mother-in-law with me because she is a great advocate for everybody. 
And she knew, I knew she would not let me leave and, and forget to ask the right questions and kind of push for the, um, the testing that we needed. Because sometimes you go in and the doctor's like, well, it could be just, you know, your time of the month. It could be um, anything. And they don't really treat it or, or, or they're not like um, aggressive to do anything at first. So I, I was dead serious that we had to do something about this right away. And he, he, he believed me and he saw and he felt and he knew you're right. We have to investigate. So that's what we did. So well, that sounds like a cool doctor. Like I'm glad you brought an advocate with you, but sounds like a cool doctor who listened to your intuition. Yeah. Yeah. He really did. And so I went to had um, the mammograms done. I had a, a biopsy done. I had uh, ultrasound, everything like wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. One morning done. Yeah. And um, that's when the radiologist told me, I said, you can't send me out without telling me what you see. Um, and he, he could tell I was calm and collected and I wasn't going to lose my cool. And he said, you, you're right. You've got it right on the money. You, you're right. This is cancer. And uh, we'll find out where you're along, where you are in this, you know, the grading and the staging later. And uh, so it was just kind of was like a, a whirlwind of a, a real emotional roller coaster. It, it was kind of crazy for about two days. Do you mind if I ask your age, Do you, like what age you were, what were you, what was going on in your life at this time when all this happened? Well, to, I'm 51 now. So I was 48. Okay. Um, and a lot was going on in our life because like you say, we have seven kids, three are grown, launched out of the house. Yeah. Um, four are still at home. So we were like, I, I mean, I didn't vocalize all my fears because I'm a strong person and I'm going to hold on to them all and get through this. That's sure. what I thought. <laughs> yeah. But we were looking at um, our middle child, her grade eight graduation was coming up. Um, you know, high school uniform fittings was coming up after that. And just all of this junk in your brain. Sure. Uh, and you're just starting to question, am I going to be here to see this grade eight graduation? And then am I going to be here for school uniform measurements? And then am I going to be here for grade 10, 12? And you just start looking at the future in very close windows. Like everything just becomes really close. And uh, yeah, so we worried. We worried for a bit. We did. Yeah. But, uh, I think we had a real big community of people around us, family and friends. Um, we belong to an amazing church who just really supported us and allowed us to just chill Got and, it. and they just took care of everything. Yeah. That's incredible. So from, <laughs> from the discovery to the point that you found out that you had cancer, how long was that process and what did they tell you about the cancer? Um, so when I discovered it and went for the test, it was four days. And then from that four days, uh, we had to wait for the biopsy to come back. And I, tr I don't remember, you know, it's like childbirth. It's like crazy yeah. that day. And then the next day you're like, oh, let's go do that again. That okay. was fun. So I think it was about two weeks. Okay. So you, we really had to wait a long time. It seemed like forever. And um, just wait for that pathology report to come back. So in the meantime, my husband was already part of IDM program as a client he was a patient of, of jason of dr Fung, 
And so he said, he's the smart one. And, and he said, you need to call Megan. You need to get an appointment and get into the clinic and see what, you know, what we can do to just holistically go at this alongside of whatever they project for treatments. So that's what we did. And I, I was really fortunate to get an appointment with Megan. And I became a client like almost right away before my surgery, before anything happened. And that's when um, we just started fasting. She said, let's just put you on a really light 24 hour, 36 hour, whatever you can handle. And um, then we'll go from there. I like that. So she's talking, Carolina's talking about Megan Ramos. Uh, she's been on this podcast a lot. Dr. Jason Fung also been on this podcast. Um, they have idmprogram.com. And so Carolyn's husband was already with them. And, and so Megan says to you, we're, we're just going to start with some 12 or, or 32. Like, let's see what you can do. Yeah. And what had you ever done any fasting before? Were you like, this well, is crazy? my husband was already fasting. Yeah. Probably um, seven months. He had okay. already been fasting maybe eight months and he had dropped 80 pounds. That's his own story. You should talk to him one day. Yeah, yeah. He lost 80 pounds. And, um, so. And yeah, just to be clear like, for the show, he didn't, he didn't fast for a solid eight months. He was doing intermittent <laughs> fasting during that he period, was, right? He's a champ. He's an extended faster. He's a five to six day faster. Five to six day faster. Just every once in a while, when somebody will say she fasted for eight months, they will be like, she didn't eat food for eight months. No, yeah. he was doing intermittent fasting. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So yeah. you had seen what it could do for weight loss. And what was your, so, so the doctors came back and they said, we're going to do chemo and radiation. Um, yeah, and surgery. I had lots surgery. of different surgeries. Yeah. And so how did you view the fasting? Like, were you like, okay, well, this will just give me another tool or how did you view it? Like in your head, what did it sound like when you were like, these are the treatments I'm going to do? How did you encapsulate fasting? What did that mean for you for the, the cancer? Yeah. Well, for me, um, I don't really, it became a superpower. Okay. It totally 100% made me feel like a superhero. Now, leading, beginning it, I think I just looked at it as therapy. And it, it was just something that was going to um, go alongside everything else, like the drugs, the medication, the surgery. And it's just one more thing that was going to help the process be faster and pay, more, less painful. If, and that was my mindset. This is going to help me. And, uh, you know, Megan said it's going to help with nausea. It's going to help with focus. It's going to help with your sleep all of these things. And, you know, one by one, we just ticked them all off. It, it did them all. So when I began uh, treatment, if you don't mind me skipping to that, yeah. Okay, uh, Megan said, this is what I want you to do. And I don't know if I was like the guinea pig because <laughs> so there's a lot of them in the clinic <laughs> in the early days. Yeah. But um, she said, let's try you on a three day before your chemotherapy chemotherapy uh, fast. So I would fast three full days before my chemo day. And then chemotherapy, I would that day I'd go to treatment, I would eat one to two meals that day, my choice. Interesting. Before the chemo? Like, would you eat the one or two meals before the chemo or no. after the chemo? No, like, um, some, it would just depend because sometimes treatment days are very, very, very long. Like they yeah. can be eight to 10 hours. You're in a, sure. in a chair and just being there, you know, and being hooked up to an IV for yeah. a whole day. So um, sometimes I would eat and sometimes I would eat when I would go home. So it just depended how I felt and what I wanted to, to do that day. So 
I would eat that treatment day. Then I would go home and I would take a really nice long Epsom salt bath. And that just helped me relax and gave me a better uh, sleep as well as it started to extract any kind of toxins that my body didn't need from the treatment that day. So the reason why we fast before is to prepare the body for the treatment and to get rid of all those carbs and sugar and all those things that clog up our body that we're learning now because cancer feeds on sugar. If you don't have an excess sugar, you don't have a cancer issue. If you have excess sugar, you're gonna develop a metabolic issue which is going to spin into a cancerous issue. So providing that like open freeway of fasting allowed the, the chemotherapy to target what it needed to. And then the next day following treatment, I would fast again, one to two days again, depending how I felt. And then um, I was on a two week program, so I would go another nine days and just stick to a really low carb, high fat diet. And uh, it, it just, it really worked. It gave me an incredible amount of control. And as a cancer patient, if you've been in a treatment center or with a friend or family member, the, the power is taken from the patient because there's so many people working for you, for your good, but they're making all those decisions and you're like left on the sideline to just cooperate and do it. So by taking control of what I ate and what I didn't eat, really made me feel in control when everything was out of control. Yeah, I, I have not. My, my grandmother had um, breast cancer, but when I was very young or perhaps before I was born, I'm not, I'm not sure. She was a survivor and amazing. And so I've known some people, but I've never been in those situations or seen it. So that, that's interesting. And I, I don't know, like I have tried to imagine having cancer and using fasting. And I am curious Maybe this is a, a, a tough question to ask, but I know for me a lot, of, and I think for a lot of people, sometimes if I feel bad or scared or sad, I really want to eat sugar. I really want to eat bread. I really want to take my uh, frustration, fear, anger out and shove it into my body. Now that's something that I would have done a lot more before I learned about low carb and its effects on the body and, and intermittent fasting and have, you know, lost 45 pounds and, you know, all those things. But I'm curious to know, you know, maybe like, have you all, let me ask you like this. Have you always been mentally well-adjusted when it comes to food? Cause I certainly have not, <laughs> no. this is very new. No. So I no. wonder if I was faced with cancer or a scary disease, if I would have the gumption to not just like, feel bad for myself and want to try and shove those feelings down with food. Is, is that something that people do? Cause like, that's, that's what I think I might do. Even, even yeah. with this knowledge is, is there a, is there a like, damn, I have cancer. Can I just eat some cake? Like, I mean, isn't there like some feelings of self pity or anger that you're just like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I have cancer and I need to not eat. Like, is this making any sense? I know. It's well, I, I don't know, but I was a carboholic, mm. carbohydrate addict. I was mm -hmm. carbs all the way, 100%. Yeah. Sugar addicted, carb junkie. I, like, with seven kids in our house, can you imagine no, the birthday I cake? Can't. Okay. Actually, and I three really even crazier, we have six birthdays in four days, consecutive days in our house in April. Mm. So, 
it got to be the like you had you can't share birthday cake around right everyone has to have their own cake yeah and just to add crazy more craziness we have two sets of twins and their birthdays fall one day after the next okay what that's crazy yeah so we have all these birthdays and it was so it would get so crazy that the youngest who are now 13 they would wake up in the morning because we were like birthdaying every day whose birthday is it today mom like that's like, hilarious well you know it's nobody's birthday yeah it's a day so off. you were it's a carboholic you were a carboholic totally. yeah. and so so you, you get cancer and and your attitude is like you never were like well damn i'm just gonna eat some cake like why tell me how you were that strong i, I want to understand I, I came to the knowledge the realization that i had so much sugar in my body that i was responsible to get rid of it Got and it. and it i it was terrifying to think that i had that kind of control okay i could either go one way or the other I could give into it and feed it and turn it into a complete monster and it would destroy me. And my, like my husband says, I'm stubborn. Oh, I, I like say that. I'm focused. I'm focused. <laughs> I like your spin. <laughs> I'm going to try that. <laughs> and so I, I don't want to be trite or think, you know, people think that, Oh, she's got it all together. I did not have it all together, but I, the day I discovered, okay, I'm going for a CAT scan and an MRI and they literally gave me a liter of, I don't even know, like sugar drink, drink this. And then we're going to throw you in the vault and then we're going to go searching for cancer. Yeah. That was the big aha. I, I had to, I cannot eat it. I just can't. Yeah. So I had to find a better way. And that's, that was the intermittent fasting was the key, the door. Okay, so you're doing this fasting specifically to heal your body. So you're looking for autophagy. Autophagy is the renewal of cells, your body healing itself, focusing on other areas and cell renewal than just focusing on digestion. So like a lot of times we hear some really tight regulations around fasting for autophagy, like don't use toothpaste because if you swallow it, that's going to affect insulin levels. Like, did you, did you do those or, or was that too extreme? I, I brush my teeth with toothpaste. Now I don't endorse Tom's of Maine, but I use Tom's of Maine. Okay. It's a pretty, you know, safe. Sure. Um, but again, you have to look at everything is individualized to the patient. Mm -hmm. So whatever therapies you need, if, I mean, if it was toothpaste you can't have, then don't have it. But that was, you know, it was not a game changer to, to brush my teeth. But um, an interesting thing happened when, um, after Oshini came out in 2016 and said, you know, got the Nobel Prize for Medicine for his findings for the uh, autophagy, um, Megan said, Carolyn, you want to try this water fast with me and we'll do it for seven days and it's it's not going to harm you it's you know we'll just see sure. what the results are so i said sure why not let's do it so jeff and i and megan we all did it for seven days and an incident happened where we had all gone out shopping not megan she was home but my son and i and and my husband they were looking for fishing tackle or like fishing line i don't know in a canadian tire store like dicks, but it's Canadian tire. Sure. And I could not keep up with them. I was tired. 
I was getting grumpy. I just felt really bad. So I thought, well, we're in the camping section. I'm going to go find a lawn chair. I went and got it and I propped it out in the aisle and I just sat there and let them find what they wanted. And again, when we were leaving, I just said to Jeff, I really don't feel well. And I, I mean, I can't keep up. And this so, is when you were fasting on the seven days. And were you this, also doing chemo at this time? Well, this, okay. yes. Now, yeah, this, okay. this was not during the water fast. This was after. Okay. It was already completed. But um, I developed a fever. And when you do, you have to go to emerge. So I went into the hospital. And my oncologist just happened to be on call. So I saw him right away. And he said, Caroline, you have a blood clot in your lung. And he's like, I don't even know how you walked in here and why you're still talking to me. Like, you should be really in distress. Hmm. But he said, the crazy thing is, your body's already destroying it and breaking it up and taking care of it. Yeah. So weird. I know that the water fasting was a very powerful tool. Wow. Yeah. So now I still... When you talk about your doctor responding to this, when, when they said, okay, we want you to do chemo, we want you to do radiation, and, and then did you go in and say, okay, and also, I'm going to do fasting. Did you tell them that, and what did they say? Yeah, I went in, and I thought, well, surely he's going to say, Carol Ann, stop eating sugar, because that's your enemy. So I, we went in, and I said to him, should I stop eating sugar? He said, no, no, you can eat sugar. Should I, like, how about fasting? because I already knew about it. And so I thought, well, should I be fasting? He's like, no, no, you can just keep eating. Just, just eat what you want. Eat sugar. Don't, don't do anything. Um, so I, the next visit I told him, you know, well, I'm going to fast. And he's like, well, that's your choice. That's fine. Okay. You know, I think he thought it was a little bit crazy, okay. um, but he just laughed and said, okay. But you know, at the end of it all, and one of my last uh, appointments, I go, I, I will go every six months. I won't, not go for six months i'll always be his patient but he said to me carolyn i never worried about you because i knew that i could see the results in what you were doing what a good doctor like what a freaking good doctor like we have got to i think stop expecting stop treating doctors like gods and not humans and stop expecting that every doctor knows everything and not let them make all the decisions for us, but use them as a guide and question them and ask them and push them to get more knowledge and bring things before them like you did. But like, that's all you can expect. I think from this doctor is to say, I saw you, I listened to what you said. That's not what I knew about, but like to go along that journey with you. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It was fantastic. What a good doctor. Yeah. Yeah. He so, still okay. thinks that I'm a little bit crazy. Well, maybe you are, Carol Ann, but aren't yeah. the most interesting people a little crazy? Otherwise, it's super boring. So good for yeah. you. All yeah. right. So you have seven kids. You have three grandkids. Do. What do they think? I mean, were they already into it because Jeff, your husband, was doing this? Or they were like, what are you doing? Like, have no. what, what were, was the reaction? They were against it. Now, really? Yeah. They, they just thought we're crazy. They thought you're crazy mm. because they were carboholics too. They mm. love pancakes and donuts and biscuits yeah. and muffins and bagels. Sure. Um, so when Jeff started his fasting, we just started eliminating things one by one. Pop and juice was the first to go. And then we just started eliminating things from there. Um, now, like 
actually we we got to the point where Jeff banned pancakes in our house <laughs> because <laughs> because if, you have one um, daughter but you can imagine a whole gaggle of kids eventually some of them is like go cook breakfast you know you, you get one of them and they go cook yeah so as they're young the first thing they learn how to cook pancakes sure pancakes is easy and they're delicious and yummy and you can put sugar on them sure so every other day one of the twins the youngers they were making pancakes like it was like a business they had on the side like how many pancakes do you want got it so and they were just like we don't fast our kids ever but they were they were just ballooning to these processed food junkies yeah and so we 86 the pancakes they're gone yeah and uh but later we started just, you know, no snacking, getting rid of bread. We got rid of pasta, uh, everything. I, I just emptied the cupboards like yep. right to the paper. Like, we the did the bottom. same thing. We've been through the same process with our daughter yeah. and she used to be sick all the time. And now she's just sick some of the time, yeah. um, which we see as a vast improvement. Um, yeah. And she was just looked very inflamed and now she just looks skinny and yeah. and healthy and it's, yeah. it's really interesting to watch and man it's not an easy process it's not easy it's for anybody not. giving it up when you're it's, addicted we, to it yeah we still have challenges today like sure you know, we still have challenges we have teenagers in the house yeah who have jobs who have money who yep. can order you know uber food when sure. we're out and we're like who ordered uber food here again you know <laughs> it's part of being a teenager we get it yeah, we, we've, we've really given them the tools to make better decisions and they've, they've done that. But there was a time like my son came home from school and he would like circle the, the kitchen like, we're going to die. We're going to die <laughs> in the cupboards because we're like European shoppers. There's nothing in the cupboard. It's yeah. fresh on the counter or in the fridge. Yeah. Like, so he's just like, I don't know how I'm going to exist like this. But now he's the first one to go find pork rinds. He's the first one to like, our fridge is full of Perrier and, and they just drink it, you know? I love so, it. Yeah. They've adapted. They've adapted Good. really, really well. And so, always, I'm just going to add always, we've always taught our kids how to cook even mm -hmm. before five years ago. Sure. So they know how to cook real food. They know how to cook whole food and they, they're great cooks. So that's really helped. Well, good. I'll come over tonight. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm great. All right. So you, you went through the treatments, you used fasting, um, you lost weight. How much weight did you lose? I lost almost 50 pounds, like 45 to 47 pounds. That's crazy. And I kept it off. And I, and I actually went to the doctor yesterday and I'm up six pounds from three years ago. So I can live with that. That's amazing. That. Yeah. So tell us about your health now. How, what situation is your, the, the cancer now? Well, they don't ever tell you that it's gone. There's no test they do. It's just, you're just in it for five to seven, 10 years. So, but I'm healthy. I don't, I have no treatments. Um, I will have some surgery coming up, but it's just reconstruction. Sure. I, um, people might want to know, I didn't do a mastectomy. I opted for a lumpectomy. Mm -hmm. So there's some repair from that, which is its own set of, you know, debacles but sure. we'll fix that um and um so i feel great and i just i i just take every day to 
be grateful really like we're blessed we're we know that we're blessed and we we try to live like that well carolyn i'm so happy that you're healthy and for those listening out there who have cancer or just finding out or have a family member that does it sounds like you have a pretty firm belief that fasting might be a, an important tool in the arsenal to be considered would you say that's a Absolutely. fair statement yeah for sure so, if you're, if you're struggling with that or you have a family member or a loved one is, it's something to look at. It's something to explore. Gather your own information. Search for it online. Check out idmprogram.com. Um, and also, I'd love for you to hear a little bit from Carol Ann now about um, how she just completed a three-year training program to become a health coach with IDM. So if you're inspired by the story, you want to read about her, you can look at idmprogram.com. Um, and and Carol Ann, tell us what made you do that and, and what does a health coach do? Well, first of all, I'll have to tell you, Jason, Dr. Fung, and Megan handpick all the educators. There's no, um, you, you can't apply for this job. So they came for me, which is awesome. I'm honored, I really am honored. And all the educators are handpicked. And if you look at them all, they're all so different and they all bring something really unique and genuine and they're, they're all passionate in one area or several. And, <coughs> excuse me, so there's no program that you can get involved in to become an IBM coach. You just, they have to just come and find you. Um, so the process, um, when Megan said, you need to come and do this, I was in the middle of treatments and I'm like, I'm kind of busy right now. <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't do this right now. And she's like, yeah, no, but when you're ready, we'll, we'll do this. And you need to be here because you have a, a great passion and power to to inspire people and that that really encouraged me to just get to where I am today sure so um, the process was long lots of reading um, I've sat in on hundreds of client calls with all the coaches <coughs> and I'm gonna have a choking fit I don't know why sorry um, I'm gonna have a sip of water you have to yeah, go for later. it. <laughs> yeah. But basically what Carolyn does now is she works with people. So I, I think when people <laughs> fast, there's all kind of different people that need different levels of help. Some people just need information. Read a book. I suggest uh, the obesity code, complete guide to fasting. Obviously Jason's books are some of my favorite ones and maybe that's all you need. Or maybe you don't want to buy a book. Maybe you just go online and you read all kind of information from people that you trust and you search for intermittent fasting and you read these things. Maybe you need more support and you have a friend that, that can give you that support. Maybe you have a doctor who is all about this and is ready to support you. And then sometimes we just don't have those resources and we need more. And I think that that is a time to check out idmprogram.com. And there's all kind of coaches there, like Carol Ann was saying, where I think a coach is really a lot like selecting a therapist or a fitness trainer or a best friend. Some people you're just going to click with and some people you're not. And Carol Ann is now doing coaching. And of course, she brings a very specific experience dealing with fasting for health. Um, and it's something to check out. So you're, you're really, you've already started doing this, Carol Ann? Oh, I haven't. Um, we'll begin uh, later this fall. Exciting. And um, yeah, so it's very exciting. And also just along with the, the whole cancer treatment program, um, I'm really an advocate for family and, and how to keep your family healthy and out of the processed food uh, industry and really leaning on whole foods. So 
That's so people beautiful. with seven kids and Absolutely. a husband and three grandkids, <laughs> or maybe if you have more than one, you might be <laughs> Carol Ann's wheelhouse. So if you want to check out Carol Ann, I want you to follow her on Instagram and Facebook at IDM Carol Ann. That's IDM Carol, A-N-N. And you can follow her there. She's very interactive. I've seen her all over the place. You got to check her out. Carolyn, thank you so much for being on the Life in the Fasting Lane podcast. Uh, we so appreciate it. Your story is quite inspiring. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you very much. You can get more tips, guys, on fasting, keto, low carb at fastinglane.com. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter at Fasting Lane. And until next time, to your health and hotness.